just arrived in the Belgo building. I'm on the fourth floor in Studio 411, Espace Robert Poulain. Uh, there's a small room in the front with Guy Boutin is the artist being shown right now. Some of his works are on cardboard, some are on paper, um, a few are on canvas. They're kind of really quite overwhelming visually. And there's Robert Poulain. We're going to go sit down with him for this episode of Art Talks Montreal. Hello. Hello. How are you? Very well, thank you. Um, I guess a good place to start would be the Poudours pro project that you started in 1995. I wonder yeah. if you could tell me about the, the origins of the name, how you got those people together, who they were. Mm. Well, it's, it was 1995, uh, so that's almost uh, 17, maybe 18 years now. Mm -hmm. uh, actually, I fell upon, uh, about 20 years ago, on an uh, article that was in Art in America and uh, that spoke of the orig original La Poudlouse, which was a project that took place in 1904-1914. And a um, beautiful story, and, um, and I, I thought it's something we should repeat and try to do and keep the name. And uh, Essentially, it was um, by derision that they called themselves La Poudlouse because it referred to a, a famous fable de la Fontaine, which, was, which says you, you should not uh, sell the bear skin before you kill the bear. So uh, there are... Yeah. Sorry, I'm going to interject and say that it was um, a group of people that were collecting yeah. in Paris at yeah. the turn of the century. Yeah. That's what. Yeah, essentially, yeah. So it was a group of people in 1904, and they collected. Uh, one of them, André Level, the inst instigator, decided that uh, I'd seen how the market was going, and he felt that uh, that the next uh, <coughs> market with speculative value, as it were, would be uh, Picasso and the early modern. So the. So he convinces a bunch of friends, brothers, that to, to collect. And they did this for, for 10 years and uh, sold the collection 10 years later in 1914, just before the war. Mm -hmm. And actually um, uh, did well. Uh, and anyway, it's a great story that uh, one can find. Uh, uh, and I thought that it was a f fun project that we should do, do something sim uh, similar to that. And I, at the time, I was in charge of hockey, minor hockey, and also senior hockey in Utrecht. One day... Uh, these these fellows that are fathers also become my friend. We play hockey together, and I and I remember this article that I had seen in uh, Art, uh, Art Art in America actually. Yeah, and I I told him uh, take take the week to to get game copies, and uh, I said you you should look and and then I'll ask you questions. Anyway, essentially a week later I said would you like to make a portrait? And that's how it started. Uh, six or seven of them said yes, and. And ever since it's been going on, we've fluctuated from, from 20 back to 10. We're back now at 20 again. But you shared an interest yes. in art already. That was... Well, not all of them really, actually, but they just, um, they just felt that, um, that they might learn something uh, through my, my, my guidance, uh, as it okay. were. Yeah. Okay. But okay. certainly it was because they, there's something that interested in them in this project. Yeah. And it's a collection that still exists today, and you show it sometimes. So Not often. Uh, we showed it maybe twice, actually, in, in uh, 18 years. Yeah, uh, we showed it. We showed it twice. Uh, five years after we around 2000, we had it in two two different places, mm -hmm. and then um, the last one was the 15th anniversary, which was a year two years ago, actually, yeah. in Maison de Culture Frontenac, where we showed um, 
we had a too large uh, space and we, we showed up to uh, 45 paintings, large scale painting really. And of, of uh, in this case, 45 different artists. Do you get asked to show a lot? Do people ask about that? Not really. And I, actually, it's, it's a lot of trouble to, to move that around and, uh, you know, just to, you know, uh, rounding up the whole thing is... Uh, yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. Moving works a lot. Yeah, and getting, getting it back after. And it's, uh, so, you know, it's not something you want to do every day. And so I think every five years, it's, uh, it's okay. With the, Good enough. You know. Let people see it. Yeah. Um, what was personally the first piece of art you purchased? Did you start buying works when you were with Podlos or on your own? I don't really recall which was what was my. Are you mean for La Podlos or no, for no, myself? No, no, I mean for yourself. Well, you know, I, I think collectors um, of art are usually collectors of anything um, when they're young, so it can be anything that you can think of. Um, but um, I suppose I, I must have started with. Uh, <coughs> with uh, Prince, or you know, and uh, but I remember one particular instance where someone showed me that collecting was getting into in depth. Uh, funny enough, um, mm -hmm. uh, a gallerist uh, I was interested in, in drawings by uh, Marc Antoine Nadeau, and he said, and at the time they were they were a hundred dollars a piece. We we're talking about thirty years ago, or yeah. maybe thirty, yeah. forty years ago, and I was too much for me and he said listen you can you can buy a month on a monthly basis so so i i bought so i i i, uh, I got in debt for 14 months at 100 dollars a month and uh, and that's how i started and, I, and actually this is the way i've been collecting ever since and uh, is um, is just um, buying more than i can afford actually so otherwise if you if you're too rational about it you you never buy anything because mm -hmm. you wait that you have the money so you, you use it somewhere else so there there is in, in collecting there is a everybody has a different uh, idea or pain or reason for doing it but there there is there is some uh how should i say uh, unreasonable uh, <laughs> desire to 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 to, I... to you know I wanted to ask about that. I was going to ask later, but it, it does seem that collecting, um, it gets its hooks in you and it becomes this thing that you need to do more and more and more. It usually does, but the, yeah. not, not, not per se. Actually, I would say that a real collector is someone that goes beyond the, the capacity of, um, of his walls. When, when the, he has, um, when he continues, a lot of people stop when they mm -hmm. have, um, when they fill their walls. They say, okay, let's not stop there. But the real maniac, or the real, uh, you know, the one that's really bitten and has, has the sickness, actually, is, is will continue on. You call it yeah. sickness. I'm thinking well, of it's kind the of Vogels. A, hmm? you, you see, I saw a documentary about um, yes, well, a couple in New York that yes, just yes, stacked course, their yeah. apartment yeah. up from yeah. ceiling to bottom. They couldn't even yeah. see the worst, but... Well, it's, it's, it's a kind of sickness. mental sickness. I mean, it's not the most dangerous one. It's, no. Be it, albeit for your... For your... For your... Portemonnaie, um, but... but uh, but uh, it is a kind of uh, because it's unrational, really, when you start uh, collecting. Uh, it's just this attraction yeah. that overtakes you. Yeah, it's a, yeah. I, mean, I think it's has something to do with uh, it's, it's. There's a sexual nature to uh, to to collecting. Actually, it's like uh, well, like a man and a woman. A uh, uh, man being uh, traditionally the uh, the predator, and uh, mm -hmm. and the woman being being the the prey. So there's kind of this this um, desire to to. Uh, this idea of instinct and desire and just yeah. being drawn towards yeah. something and needing I'm to have it. I'm only being drawn, but needing to have it. And and, and, um, and in some cases, uh, not wanting it anymore once you, once you have it, yeah. 
Oh wow, yeah. can you tell me about that feeling? Have there been works that you've acquired and then after... Well, you see, I, everybody has, like I said, their own uh, way of collecting, their own opinion about it, but I personally uh, um, will readily uh, sell something that I've bought uh, the, the day before or, uh, or six months or six years later, ten years later, because I, I, I don't think I'm going to bring any of it to my grave. So to me, it's a way to... Uh, uh, to uh, uh, actually, it's it's kind of a cash flow that if if I bought something that uh, nobody wanted to 20 years before and uh, and uh, the price has increased uh, tenfold, then then I I like to if it's if it's in demand and somebody wants it, then I like to to uh, get back my investment and and buy new artists that people do not want to buy. The, the real fun to me mm-hmm. is uh, is being discovered is is uh, finding. Um, are recognizing actually uh, uh, talents where they are, and uh, I mean by this, uh, uh, it's it's being able to decide to to decide for yourself and not consult anybody, yeah. uh, because a lot of buyers are um, buy with, buy with their ears. They they like to be uh, they, they they hear about yeah they, they yeah what's they popular what's yes going they, on right yeah. Now. Exactly, they are unsecure about their own taste, and mm-hmm. they, they want to be reassured. So they ask uh, left and right, mm-hmm. and this is also the role of a, of a, of a gallerist is to, uh, to give its advice. And, and one should consult tons of people in order to make a you know give and take and have, make a balance of uh, what he sees, because uh, there, there's there's a lot of false information that you might get that are that are uh, someone will want to sell what he has, of course, naturally, but. Um, so I think the real uh, so the purpose of collecting then is maybe to, to be a pioneer in the sense of yeah, finding well, new things. Actually, I'm I'm not too too uh, less and less uh, interested by the word collecting because I think it has become too much of a uh, the nature of uh, of um, buying art or being an art lover mm-hmm. has changed in the late seventies with the, with the uh, with the sale of uh, I think it was Robert Scott collection who had bought early on. Uh, some Auschenberg and uh, and Jasper Jones and what have you, uh, anything that was new and that that um, yeah. this Castelli was was promoting at the time, and he he would uh, get these pieces for a couple of hundred bucks or a couple of thousand bucks, and one day, fifteen years later, he he sold the whole thing uh, in a very famous auction and and got uh, hefty prices for them, uh, seventy five hundred, hundred twenty five thousand for a painting that he had bought a thousand or two or three sometimes or even less. And so everybody said, well, I can do this too. And ever since this day, that was in 78 or 79, yeah. uh, we have gone into a, a very much speculative uh, international market where, where, um, <clears throat> where people uh, become collectors because they think it, they, they can make a buck. or They, can, they think it's an investment. Yeah, yeah they think it's an investment. And unfortunately, it's, um, it, it, it can be true, but it's not... It's not I mean, there are better ways to have fun in life than... than, than I, I think, um, to me, the, the essentially, <coughs> it, it's not about collecting, it's about uh, recognizing what is, what is true art and uh, being able to, to, to uh, tell between what is bad art and good art. Mm-hmm. And essentially, one should look for, is there a soul in, in the artwork? Because a lot of art is being made, especially with, with this, such a special, speculative market, mm-hmm. they're being made for a catered to public taste. And uh, even the big names then, that are extremely speculative, like uh, 
like and especially them I would say uh, I'm thinking of uh, Damien Hurst Damien Hurst and you know to, what's the other guy there uh, which well Coons Coons Jeff Coons is one of the worst of <laughs> it's really some of it is awfully awful awful stuff but people will, will, will buy derivative, derivative product here in Montreal these mm-hmm. artists they'll buy a, a, a print of a butterfly for for that he can, they, they can buy, they, yeah, Westmount for ten or twenty thousand dollars, thinking that they're, 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 you know, it's ridiculous. One should compare also, if you're, if you're going to uh, throw away a thousand dollars or mm-hmm. furthermore twenty, mm-hmm. you should compare what you can get on the market for it, you know. And sometimes it's a, it's a, just a kid coming out of school that's asking a gallery asking a couple of thousand bucks for it. Whereas you have a, a genuine artist that's been at it for twenty, thirty years and mm-hmm. it has the same price and. Uh, so, so it's, it's, it's of, a comparative art, really, also in that sense. Speaking of uh, what what is good art or bad art, or what yeah. is uh, worthy of investment, you seem to have there is a mandate to this space where you're interested in the world of lowbrow, and it, it's reflected in the artists that you choose. Or that, yeah. that's what I said. You could speak yeah. to it, and they have sometimes a kind of punk attitude that may be naive with regards to the commercial side of art. So they aren't the ones that are making art for it to be an investment, and has. Is, is that true? Has that provided a challenge for you? What well, is your role with regards to the artist? Well, you? I told you that I'd, before and that I wasn't. Um, um, I wasn't here all the time. And um, here in this, yeah, space, I'm, you're not here yes, yes. If I was, it was really wanted to be a commercial venue. I would uh, work harder at it, mm-hmm. and I would propose what more what people uh, like actually, you know. And um, well, that's. But to me, um, the real fun is is to um, is to propose uh, artists that I. That I genuinely like, and I feel that are under underestimated. And um, what kind of work or what kind of well, artists? Well, you see, I've uh, I've noticed. Uh, I used to, to collect, and I still do like uh, uh, fabulous painters like François Lacasse and Marc Garneau mm-hmm. and Denis Pellerin and Léopold Platek. But they've become quite expensive, and uh, and also I sort of. Um, gotten bored of abstraction because the, the danger of, of abstract painting is that it, it tends to be easily can easily become decorative mm-hmm. and the other thing is we have a uh, here a um, an over subsidized uh, market uh, which is actually copied uh, Definitely. yeah it's, t- it's taking the it's a papier collé so it's a copy from from the french uh, system that was put in place by uh, in the times of the gold and his, his minister of culture, um, I don't know about this. Yeah, well, in the sixties, yeah. government subsidies for uh, essentially, art yeah. Malraux was a famous writer and actually was was a minister of culture after the war. And essentially, uh, what they did, they said, "Well, we have a problem with uh, with uh, uh, with markets, so let's help out uh, the, the, the art, our art, artist." Mm-hmm. So what they have done is that they. They've uh, instead of um, developing the, the better artist, they, they decided let's develop everybody, and that's what we do here. So we have thousands of kids uh, every year that come out of school, and uh, they can get grants. And uh, even though not all of them have talent, by, by nature it's impossible. No. And, uh, and and talent is one thing, but. But the, the other thing is having something to say. Do you have something pertinent? Do you have something? It takes a long time. It takes time. It take, yeah, of course. You you need a, you know to, in order to develop a soul. You you, I think it takes uh, you know sweat and tears and blood and uh, that, that's not to. Uh, yeah. to, to tell me about this soul in the work and what kind of work well, you're attracted okay, to. Well, okay. So I, what I was I'm driving at and to, to answer your question mm-hmm. is that is that um, I've I. 
discovered actually a couple of years ago. Uh, Lowbrow, true uh, um, underground comic books. Uh, well, I already have been interested by in underground comic books, but um, uh, in particular, uh, uh, work that was done by a um, printing shop uh, in Marseille called called oui, Le, Le Dernier, Dernier Cri. Cri. Yeah, and I, and I said, wow, this is fabulous stuff, and it's, uh, even though it's really trashy and. Uh, Provocative and sexual for for nothing and scatological, you know. And my wife would say, "What, what is this, all this PPKK stuff?" And uh, yeah. and uh, but uh, I said, "Well, it doesn't really matter. The subject does not really matter. It's the quality. It's the graphic quality of the work." And um, and they'll get over it after a, a couple of decades. They'll say, "Okay, enough of this uh, this scatological thing." There's and no... even the I think the story behind how he goes and finds this artist who yeah. has fierce independence in publication. Yeah. There's there's a correlation that you mm. make between. A collector approaching artists and doing the work that you do is yeah. just his taste. Of course, that's yeah. what he's going after. But so you, you and we're talking about Paco Paco Akito uh, Bolito, which yeah. is not his real name. It's, uh, he sort of t- took this, uh, uh, and um, he himself is is really one of the best in that. Yeah, he's he's fabulous. Yeah, and um, but I also I've always had an, an eye for art brut and uh, mm-hmm. marginal artist, mm-hmm. and, and I think it's. Uh, True art is really much more comes from these um, these uh, these margins of society because in particular people that have been institutionalized and are half crazy. The, we have you know, one can see works that have been discovered after after some of these people's uh, uh, they passed away. Uh, yeah, long, and, uh, long yes, 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 and they have nothing. The, the, these are not artists that produce uh, works to to. That are palatable. They, they, do, they do not think in a, in a market-oriented uh, production. Yeah. They do it because it's they they have it's their reason for for living. Raison d'être, yeah. Exactly. And this should be the, the the only and sole reason why an artist produces. It's because he cannot stop himself from from doing this because it's a it's somehow unnatural and un, uh, unreasonable to be an artist. It's the, the last thing you want to do if you want to make a living. <laughs> True. <laughs> And so you can go out and recognize this in the work, or do you recognize it in well, the because, artist? Because, because, yeah, all of this art that comes from art brut, uh, mm-hmm. what they call outsider art, these are people that work for, for sometimes work in their garden uh, in, uh, in, in the countryside, and they will erect these uh, these sculptures with, uh, with bottle caps and what, what have you, and they make this incredible uh, world uh, that are totally personal and, um, and surreal, surreal most of the time. And, uh, and, um, but... This is genuine art most of the time. I'm not, you know, it can be very bad. But some, 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 when they are good, they're really much better than some of the uh, it comes from institutional the art, yeah, art mm-hmm. and artists mm-hmm. that are there. I see it here, especially in Montreal. All the game that is being played with these, all these photographers and and video and artists that are, they just do the same thing and they want to they want to fit into the mold and mm-hmm. they, so they their their sole purpose in life is to is to is to make a living and get integrated in the system. It's and, a job, and not yeah, an yeah, and be liked. Well, you know, they they want to be recognized by by such and such a gallery in order to to to, to be able to get into the music d'art contemporain. Yeah, so some career, a career yeah. trajectory yeah. that yeah. they're trying yeah. to follow. Yeah. They'll do whatever is necessary. Some of them are are really uh, uh, will 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 bend over to to to. Uh, in front to of all, yeah, because because it's a, it's a small society, mm-hmm. and it's a sort of, we sort of recreated uh, here French Canadian here have um, gotten rid of uh, of um, of the church, but we have 
in certain fields, and art in particular, mm -hmm. recreated the church. And, uh, and outside, one would say in French, or de l'église, point de salut. So outside this church, there's the, you, you, there's, you, you will not find redemption. No salvation. Yeah, no, no salvation, yeah. So, so I understand these artists that play this game. But uh, you think the art world has replaced that as, as something to have faith in? To of course. In, you you even have a famous gallerist, which is considered the Pope of uh, contemporary art. Which gallery is that? Oh, well, you know, <laughs> you're... you're uh, yeah, yeah. I gotta figure it out. He's famous, and uh, I, I can't say his name, but people know who I'm speaking of. Or they can uh, inquire and soon find the name of the. But the, and then you have the um, the bishops, which are the um, the, the curators of Musée d'Art Contemporain, and then oh, yeah. you have all the priests that are different uh, gallerists and uh, what have you, and then and then, or maybe they're yeah. That's cool. And so where do yeah. the and so and so like so, so outside the system, you yeah. there's. You have no chance of, uh, unless, unless of course, you, you go on uh, Rue Saint Paul and Bay Saint Paul and you do really commercial schlock. Then it's because because that's the Landscapes real landscapes and well, watercolors. So that's that's another story. Also, really commercial art, and you can if you want to make a real living, you should be a commercial artist and do what the what There's the public wants. Wrong with that. Yeah, which is a pot of flowers or some kind of landscape or some 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 little uh, so yeah some nun uh, skating or you know like like yeah. yeah. Easy. On the pond, that's really in favor. And uh, again, I, I have not given a, f a definite answer to your question. Yeah, they used, we used to speak of in the late nineteenth century of the academy, the French academy, and yeah. then the and then exhibitions that people would, would make that were outside the academy, and, mm -hmm. uh, and these were the uh, these were the uh, impressionists. They were they were not really. <coughs> Uh, outside the academy, and uh, it took them a while. And now, now they became the academy uh, fifty years later. And today, we have we have here a market which is which and um, a system uh, which is academic, okay. and it's everybody does essentially the same thing. And that's to me that's is is doesn't interest me. So that's why I'm I'm I like to to propose a, a work like Guy Boutin, which is um, it's been doing this for thirty years, forty years. Mm -hmm. Some of these drawings here uh, date twenty years back, yeah. mm -hmm. and um, he comes from from uh, cartoon underground cartoon. He's a cartoonist actually, but also a painter, and uh, his world is uh, is not in, in fashion in the uh, you know. But I don't care. This, it, it would be pointless for me uh, to propose uh, something, something that that uh, would be in, in uh, fashion. You wouldn't feel good doing that. No, and uh, the one that I had before, Daniel, Daniel Urban, he's mm -hmm. been doing this uh, this really violent and sexual work and very German impressionistic like, and, and uh, he uh, he's been doing this underground essentially in the past uh, forty years, and uh, so I'm trying to bring these people from the underground to the overground, as it were, and yeah. uh, that's the that's the fun part. There was another question: What is the role of collectors? But we kind of talked about. Yeah, well, that's one. That's one of the main roles, actually, is to support artists by buying their their art. Because mm -hmm. the the worst thing you can do is give them a grant. Because when you give them a grant, there's, he he will he will just pay his bills and uh, which is okay. But he will probably I've seen too many artists in my generation that would mm -hmm. go go up on vacation and, uh, and, come, <laughs> and come back drunk. And so so on, whereas when you buy a work, yeah. uh, then you you send a message to the artist. You're that, validated. Yeah, but that that he is not the only one in the world that likes that that likes what he does. Mm -hmm. So and the artist feels that he's 
and yeah, it gives him um, it gives him courage to continue and, and yeah. to develop what he what he can become. So so the role of the uh, the collector in that sense mm-hmm. is to allow an artist to to um, to blossom. And to, it gives him the courage actually to continue. And, uh, and otherwise, they they abandon. Some some great artists uh, just just get discouraged and abandon. Because nobody I, I, sees what yeah, they're doing. I've seen this. Yeah. I've seen this. The before having espace Robert Poulain, did you have another space? But to actually, you see, uh, the reason why I'm doing this is because uh, it comes back to the idea of collecting, which I'm sort of uh, I find is uh, can become shallow after a while because mm-hmm. there, there's a limit to how much you can uh, amass and hoard. Mm-hmm. Uh, it becomes idiotic because uh, there's what's the point? Just keeping for yourself. And uh, but I, I think the next step for a collector is um, when, when you can afford it is to um, is to have some kind of action some kind of direct uh, uh, work and such as promote the artists that you collect or that you that you like definitely is that what you're doing with that's this what I'm space? doing yeah, yeah because you have a private collection well yes uh, yeah I actually um, what you see here is, is works that I have bought before okay I, yeah, I, and you're I, showing I, it to yeah the and now I have them framed and I showed it to the public and mm-hmm. And if I sell some, well, I'll, I'll turn around and pay some of my bills and and buy some other other artists. And uh, so, so as you said, the, f- the fate of your collection is just to kind of be recycled and put out into the world. Not maybe recycled is the wrong word, but you acquire it and then you're willing to let it go. But of it course, of course, so this, um, you're not going to hold on to it no, until some future point. And then no, have a, there's no point. How did this space open? Uh, yeah, about so without knowing about it, uh, I, I started this uh, years ago. I, I would. Uh, I would do a show for a friend, for, for example, Marc Antoine Nadeau. He mm-hmm. would he would say, Robert, can you can you uh, do, do a show for me at the Espace uh, Galerie Espace actually, which was on Saint Lawrence, okay. uh, by, held by Timiam Lau on Saint Lawrence, but just just below. Uh, and so I, I would do a month there, and then um, and then I I took uh, two months for myself, and then and then a couple of years ago, I'm, the same fellow who was renting the space to everybody, he said, listen, I'm going to France. Would you like to have it for a year? And, uh, and so I actually I took it for six months, but I, I eventually I got the better six months, you know, just the season that is before Christmas and the one that is after Christmas, not in the summer or dead of winter. Mm-hmm. And uh, then I, I, it was really my real start and uh, as as a as a, a gallerist, if you like. Uh, you showed your own work. Yeah, so you well, I was, I was showing work that I some from my collection and yeah. and showed that I works that I liked. And then uh, eventually, did you rename the space? Sorry? Did you rename the space? You well, actually, it was called Galerie Espace. Okay. And, uh, and that's where, that's where actually uh, Espace Robert Poulain comes okay. from. Because okay. originally, what I did is that I put a sign up uh, and I said, Galerie Espace Robert Poulain. <laughs> so, it kind of, you know, it, so eventually I kept Espace Robert Poulain. Because I applied for a beginning of Papier. There. There's an you know, art fair yeah. in Montreal. Yeah. It must be in its uh, sixth or seventh year. Okay. But uh, on, on the third year, they... They, um, I think they, they might have lacked um, clients, and I applied, and I said, "Why not you?" And I, and I wasn't really, uh, I was a cryptic gallery, you know. I would open and close, and uh, do a show left and right. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Whereas now it's really, uh, it's been a year now here. And, uh, and, uh, so, and then after that, you moved to the Belgo. After your six yeah, months at that space, yeah. you decided to. Well, I moved uh, two years later. Actually, I, I did papier once or twice, and then after mm-hmm. that, I said, "Okay, let's do this more." Uh, originally, you were trained as a sculptor. Why did yeah. you decide to step away from practicing? Just what? Well, I was a sculptor for uh, for over t- twenty years, actually, mm-hmm. in a former life. Because now I'm in my early sixties, so um, between my you know twenties and, and, and 
mid mid forties. Okay. I uh, my parents were very sick and I had to take care of them, and uh, and also I realized that I yeah you said health and yeah and that, that I was um, because I was working in steel, so oh. I was all the time uh, in a small factory and uh, grinding metal and welding and uh, and even an industrial paint because I was doing some some professional finish to my to my but anyway so I um, it got to your health and yeah yeah so I said okay I'm I'm, I'm not going to be neither rich nor famous and mm-hmm. so I'm going to be I'm going to die. Uh, Unhealthy and sick, so I said, "Okay, let's let's try to, to it's not uh, worth it. yeah, let's try to die healthy and uh, yeah. have a longer life." Than yeah. and, and then um, so you stopped being a sculptor and started working at, in hockey, and then after that, well, you know, I was trying to find something, but uh, and uh, along getting along, and then eventually, actually, I started collecting more professionally mm-hmm. and organizing. Actually, I did organize a lot of exhibitions. In fact, I, I've been working. Up until this year, with the Galerie d'Art de Tremont. Collectionneur, you were part of that exhibition. Yes, and yes. this idea of um, showing the collection that you yeah. do have—is it important to you as a collector too? Well, I think I think most collectors, unless they they have really uh, expensive work that they do not want uh, uh, bandits to, I mean, uh, to, to know of. Literally, so, yeah, yeah. They don't want to be uh, mm-hmm. vulgarized. Uh, I think it's part of a uh, uh, collector uh, collector. A collector psyche is to sharing the because when you to show off, yeah, not, well, show off, show off. of course they're showing off. I'm sure yeah. part of that, and there's so uh, it's a mixture, of a whole bunch of things. But uh, the, it, all, it also uh, uh, sharing and uh, one's discoveries and saying, uh, listen, this 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 you you should interest like I am in this in this mm-hmm. type of work because mm-hmm. I think it's uh, it's worth you know wanting to show other people yeah, things that are worthwhile. Well, yeah, that I you and this particular case, it was yeah, it was an idea from someone at the city, and they had this simultaneous seven, six or seven artists, uh, including Rochon. Yeah. Yeah. And when, when I when I when I I was approached, I, I decided I saw um, Alain Tremblay's collection. At, uh, okay. He was the first that started, and I said, okay, this is not what I want to do, because he put everything, and uh, and then I I realized what the, the I knew who the other collectors were, mm-hmm. and they. People essentially collect the same thing. Right? I said, the, <laughs> one of these, the one last of those, thing, one of those. yeah, you know, they don't want to have a Max again or ten Max again. To me, and it's, it's such a poor work, Max again. It's, it's the most overrated uh, uh, stuff. You know, it's it's generally uh, anyway shallow. And um, and um, so they all have so, the same so, kinds of work. Yeah, they all have the same kind of work basically. So I, I uh, there was one exception: a guy who was, who was collecting. Uh, uh, old uh, maps, and um, so I told myself, I I don't want to. Sh- it's not what I want to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I I pushed to to the darker side of lowbrow and uh, you know underground. So I showed up. So I had this thirty piece, thirty feet wide, thirty feet long um, en masse. Uh, yes. Yeah. It, and it it's it it did really, it was a good idea because it's a it was completely different from the others from the other collectors. Yeah. What are some of the Montreal artists that you've worked with? Do you do studio well, visits? Do you go out there? Do you go to oh yes, schools? I, I do. I do go. No, I don't go to schools because I don't think that uh, an artist that's coming out of school uh, is interesting. Uh, it might be once in a decade a genius, but uh, usually you have to give them time to. Uh, Mature. Yeah, what they call se casser les dents, to get a rough life and uh, uh, to pay your dues. Yeah, pay your dues, yeah, because it's uh, there's no instant genius and it takes time and uh, mm-hmm. and especially in paint, in painting, uh, a true painter 
it will only really blossom and develop. It will, it will take him 15 years, 20 years before he, he starts to know what he's doing. Understand but, what he's doing, yeah, understand yeah. what he's doing. It's a very difficult trade. And mm -hmm. that's why so, so few people are, are, want to be painters because, uh, because it's uh, much more difficult it's than It's an investment, yeah. it's a long time. Well, because, uh, because painting uh, does not reveal its secrets, just like sculpture. Uh, matter does not reveal uh, the, the secret to the uh, to the practitioner. He 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 needs to to, to put in uh, hundreds and thousands of hours. Because mm -hmm. and uh, I remember as a sculptor, I was dealing with steel, and from time to time, steel will will would would, uh, would give me a secret, and it would say, "Okay, boy, you've been um, you've been uh, you know sweating it off for for, for, <laughs> t for two thousand and five five hundred hours yeah. of this and." This this is the answer to, and I said, oh, I didn't see this before. It's this unique yeah. relationship between yeah. each and uh, artist and yeah. their medium. It, it doesn't work if you, if you transfer, if you if you do a drawing, if you do a, a model in cardboard and say I'm going to blow it up in steel or mm -hmm. blow it up. It doesn't work this way. You have to work with the material. You have to work with stone or with wood or with yeah. with steel or with paint, and it's the only way that you will you will access the secrets of um, of. Uh, of what is uh, sculpture and uh, painting, and it. photography for that matter, it's a nice or, or film, you know, it's a, it's a lot of hard work. A lot of hard work. Thank you so much for sitting down and Pleasure. talking to me. Thank you for coming. Have a good day. You've been listening to Art Talks Montreal. This podcast is created and produced by Naomi Cook and Yanya Lee. Subscribe to Art Talks Montreal via iTunes, follow us on Tumblr, and we're now also available on SoundCloud. You can send us your comments or just tell us what you think at arttalksmtl at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. It's me.